exciting. Exciting times we're in. Yeah. <laughs> exciting, horrible this times. This might even <laughs> eclipse the, uh, the onion ring is the most interesting thing to happen to me. <laughs> um, so luckily on minis, we don't have a cold open or anything. And we just kind of fade in. <laughs> And, and sometimes we introduce ourselves. Yes, I'm I'm Emily. I'm Sarah. Oh, should I introduce oh, yes. myself? Uh, we have a guest. <laughs> we have another Sarah guest. <laughs> I don't know if I should. We were... I didn't want to just like I don't want to like take the lead and be like, hey, you know, this isn't my podcast. Well, if we knew what we were doing, which we don't, <laughs> we would have introduced you politely. Who does? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> Um, yeah, Sarah Iyer from the Percast and uh, Nothing But the Bluth hey. is here. Um, the the latter is actually uh, what makes you an expert on what we're going to talk <laughs> about today. <laughs> um, spoiler alert on most of the Bluth episodes. I mean, you know, if you've listened to any of them, you know that Dax is the information mm-hmm, guy mm-hmm. and I'm the person who's like, yeah, I watched it and I had some wine, so I don't remember the second half. <laughs> That's actually that actually did happen on our, our last episode, but it was an April Fool's episode, and Dax said it was only going to be like ten minutes long. Oh God! But he had all this research because we talked about the Secret of Nim two, <laughs> Timmy to the rescue, um, and he had all this research, so it ended up being like a two hour long uh, episode. But I was like, if I known it was going to be a real episode, I wouldn't have had so much wine. That is <laughs> roughly what happened with our April Fool's episode. Um, we were like, oh, we're going to have our friend Shane on. We're going to talk about Pokemon for like 15 minutes. It's going to be a hoot. And then it was an hour and 15 before I cut it down. Look, we're all starved for human attention right now. So. I think this was before the quarantine. <laughs> no, we just like talking about Pokemon that much. Uh, well, all right. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's made for some interesting content. We have, it should be out, God help me, it should be out by the time this comes out, but our uh, commentary for National Treasure. Ooh. I I ate a pretty big edible beforehand, and I think I kind of misjudged where it was going to take me. <laughs> just like the movie National exactly. Treasure. No, I'm just, I've actually never seen National Treasure. Uh, <laughs> it's hot, beautiful garbage. Ooh, that sounds good. Um, but today, uh, we're going to have a an episode of uh, Emily's Fairy Tale Theater, where I will be reading uh, Thumbelina, which I believe I have the original text, but it's the internet, so who knows? <laughs> it's old timey. You're good enough. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> usually we do Grimm's fairy tales on this podcast, but uh, Thumbelina is. I'm gonna say it's one of my favorite Bluth films. Unless there's one that I it's, like that I'm not remembering. I mean, I I didn't see the film as a child, so I didn't have that childhood nostalgia for that film. Uh, I was more of a like all dogs go to oh, heaven yeah. Yeah, person, yeah. or you know, Land Before Time. Those were my favorite Bluth films. Land Before Time um, keeps popping up uh, on one of the streaming services as something that I should watch, and like I don't feel like crying today. Thank you. You could just watch one of the I think. 15 sequels or four i forget how many i think they're actually like 13 sequels might be less emotionally taxing yeah (laughs) Yeah. um well i mean in high school there was like a year and a half period where everyone called me petrie just because of who i am as a person like the dish or were they specifically talking about the dinosaur the dinosaur um (laughs) okay good i was very high strung teenager (laughs) But good movie character. Yeah. I would say it's a compliment. No, he was great. He was great. I, I always felt like more of a spike, but. 
Sarah, mm-hmm. are you unwrapping a snack? Just a cop chop. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't know it was that loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to do it so quietly. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're you have a box of nerds at the movies and you go to like <laughs> shake them into your mouth at what you think it's going to be a big like loud sequence and then they cut the sound for like dramatic effect. Not that I did that when I was watching Star Wars. Uh, the Last Jedi. But someone did. <laughs> it's like, oh, Laura Dern is going to blast through the ship. It'll be very loud. And mm. <laughs> Oh, it was that part. <laughs> I, uh, I stepped on her moment real big. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I knew for all the... Whose cat <laughs> just yelled? Mine. It's actually not mine. Yeah. Is June yelling again? <laughs> yeah, she... Well, she's not yelling. She just was in my room and then came out because she's like, wait. You're not paying any attention to me. Oh, uh, I bet Tango's gonna chime in during this episode because he <laughs> oh, he he loves when I record podcasts. Although I'm usually on the couch this time, I'm at my desk because I just have been at my desk. But he loves cords. Oh yeah. So if I have all the cords plugged in oh, at the yeah. couch, like he'll come and lay on top of them. <laughs> uh, podcasting at home is fun. Yeah, Lucy's gotten better, but at about. T- 2 p.m. every day, she'll come up to the corner of my desk and start like tapping her paws on it so I'll pay attention to her. Oh, and if I don't so do cute. it fast enough, she jumps up on the back of my chair and scares the ever-loving crap out of me. <laughs> uh, at least they're keeping things interesting. So Thumbelina. <laughs> Thumbelina or Little Tiny. Yeah. What? <laughs> is that it real? It is. That is, is that... the original... Uh, name of the story. God, now that I have to do my fairy tale voice in front of other people who aren't Sarah's, <laughs> season up. Uh, so this is by Hans Christian Andersen, the guy who wrote Frozen. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, he wrote the Snow Queen. Oh, really? Oh, I don't. I can never tell when people are joking. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why the characters are named Hans, uh, Kristoff, Anna, and Sven. Wow. Okay. Sorry, I'm very... That blew my mind. No, I'm continue. glad that people are still learning on this episode, because it was just going to be, like, fairy tale trash. <laughs> All right. Little Tiny. Or Thumbelita. There once was a woman who wished very much to have a little child, but she could not obtain her wish. No details there. at last she went to a fairy and said i should very much like to have a little child can you tell me where i can find one (laughs) gotta be more specific (laughs) this is a real monkey's paw situation right here (laughs) oh that can be easily managed said the fairy here is a barley corn of a different kind to those which grow in the farmer's fields and which the chickens eat put it into a flower pot and see what will happen Thank you, said the woman, and she gave the fairy 12 shillings, which was the price of the barley corn. <laughs> this, all, this all checks out. <laughs> this is really good detail and world building that I appreciate in my fairy tales. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those like culturally assumed things, <laughs> like someone reading it in 1850 or whatever would be like, oh, yeah, 12 shillings. That's yeah, that's how much barley corn costs. <laughs> it's like, oh, I get that reference. Then she went home and planted it, and immediately there grew up a large, handsome flower, something like a tulip in appearance, but with its leaves tightly closed as if it were still a bud. It is a beautiful flower, said the woman, and she kissed the red and gold-colored leaves, 
and while she did so, the flower opened, and she could see that it was a real tulip. Within the flower, upon the green velvet stamen, sat a very delicate and graceful little maiden. Sorry, it just didn't make a big deal about that. Like, the reveal was just like, oh, yeah, there's a chicken there. Just a person. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Also, it's on the the stamen. That's like, you know, that's the flower's, like, reproductive part. Oh, man. Yeah. It's the flower's genitals. (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but, like... (laughs) (sighs) Using very polite language for what is usually a very crash show. Yes. Uh, She was scarcely half as long as a thumb, and they gave her the name of Thumbelina, or Tiny, because she was so small. I mean, it's more fun when you use it ironically. Like, naming a big guy Tiny is funny. (laughs) When you call a little person Tiny, it feels just kind of insulting, you know? So they should have called her, like, Andre, or... (laughs) (laughs) Or just gave her a normal name. I don't know. I, they also don't specify uh, whose thumb, but... <laughs> is, is there, like, a wide range of thumb sizes? <laughs> yeah, it was somewhere between a Megan Fox and, like, a baby. Oh, or have you seen people... Well, no, I don't want to be, like, mean about it. Never mind. But some people do have, like, really, really, really small thumbs. <laughs> like, you know, they have, like, the nail is, like, the whole part of the top. Oh, yeah, that's some sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Like, everyone's different, you know? That's what this is teaching us. Prefaced with, I don't want to be mean, but some people have really small thumbs. (laughs) Uh, A walnut shell, elegantly polished, served her for a cradle. Her bed was formed of blue violet leaves with a rose leaf for a counterpane, which I assume was like a comforter. Uh, Here she slept at night, but during the day she amused herself on a table where the woman had placed a plate full of water. Round this plate were wreaths of flowers with their stems in the water, and upon it floated a large tulip leaf, which, which, which served Tiny for a boat. Here the little maiden sat and rowed herself from side to side with oars made of white horsehair. It really was a very pretty sight. I have no concept of how big this woman is. <laughs> thumb size. <laughs> Although you would think, like, my thumb wouldn't fit on a rose petal. So I, I assume it's, like, the base of the thumb to the knuckle. But maybe not as wide around. I mean, they said that she was on a walnut shell, right? How, how big are walnut shells? <laughs> not very I, big. like. But yeah, smaller than a thumb. Yeah. Ugh, maybe they had bigger walnuts in Nor- Norway? <laughs> Norway. Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, you're right. Y- you know those really big Danish walnuts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit's about to get real, real uh, crazy real fast. <laughs> Is, is that the text of the, yes. the actual text? <laughs> yes. Tiny, this isn't the crazy part. Uh, Tiny could also sing so softly and sweetly that nothing like her singing had ever before been heard. One night, while she lay in her pretty bed, a large, ugly, wet toad crept through a broken pane of glass in the window and leaped right upon the table where Tiny lay sleeping under her rose leaf quilt. What a pretty little wife this will make for my son, said the toad. Uh. You know, it's better if you imagine it being said by Charo, which I can't do. So just, uh, and she took up the walnut shell in which little tiny lay asleep and jumped through the window and into the garden. In the swampy margin of a broad stream in the garden lived the toad with her son. He was even uglier than his mother. Aww. Rude. I love toads. I mean, I don't think they should be kidnapping little people, but. That's a very strong conservative stance you've taken there, Sarah. <laughs> Honestly. I was going to also say, like, if you've got a daughter that's the size of a thumb, maybe, like, seal up some of the cracks in your house. Like, so pests so don't get So we're victim blaming now. 
No, I'm saying we have to build a wall. Isn't she, so okay? So a toad wants to marry this woman. Now, what what is what are we thinking the size of the toad is? <laughs> because toads are big, right? And if she's like thumb sized, um, I guess I've dealt with toads that are about slightly bigger than thumb sized. Like there are definitely I've seen some, some very that are big like toads, but yeah, I'm picturing like baseball size. Yeah. So that's the kind of toads I've seen. I mean, I've seen some toads, you know. Maybe it was like an Ariana Grande Pete Davidson situation <laughs> where like the size discrepancy was significant, but they made it work. All right. <laughs> that makes sense. Also, the toads are talking, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that part's fine. I was more concerned about the height difference. She hasn't even left the yard. <laughs> but I guess that's like miles and miles when you're a size. Uh, so he was even uglier than his mother. Uh, and when he saw the pretty little maiden in her elegant bed, he could only cry, croak, croak, croak. Uh, don't speak so loud or she will wake, said the toad. I assumed the mom. <laughs> and then she might run away, for she is as light as a swan's down. What is this woman made out of? <laughs> uh, we will place her on one of the water lily leaves out in the stream, and it will be like an island to her. She is so... Light and small, and then she cannot escape. And while she is away, we will make haste and prepare the stateroom under the marsh in which you are to live when you are married. Yikes! I gotta say, I don't condone all the kidnapping, but this is adorable. <laughs> Put her in a lily pad prison. <laughs> I mean, it's like an island. I mean, that sounds kind of nice. I mean, you know, better than American prison. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> The mosquitoes must be terrible. They're like birds. <laughs> Far out in the stream grew a number of water lilies with broad green leaves, which seemed to float on top of the water. They didn't seem. They do float. Like, that's how they... <laughs> Whatever. The largest of these leaves appeared farther off than the rest, and the old toad swam out to it with the walnut shell, in which little Tiny lay asleep. The tiny little creature woke very early in the morning and began to cry bitterly when she found where she was, for she could see... Nothing but water on every side of the large green leaf and no way of reaching the land. Yeah, that's rough. Thank you. Astute observation. Uh, Meanwhile, the old toad was very busy under the marsh, decking her room with rushes and wild yellow flowers to make it look pretty for her new daughter-in-law. When she swam out with her ugly... (laughs) (laughs) When she swam out with her ugly son to the leaf on which she had placed poor little Tiny... Uh, she wanted to fetch the pretty bed that she might put it in the bridal chamber to be ready for her. Yeah. Like I go like every sentence is like a journey because I'm like, (laughs) I feel sorry for the girl for being kidnapped. And then I feel sorry every time they say the toads are ugly, (laughs) but then I'm like, wait, they kidnapped her. So why am I anyway? It's just a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. The old toad bowed low to her in the water and said, Here is my son. He will be your husband, and you will live happily in the marsh by the stream. Croak, croak, croak was all her son could say for himself. So the toad took up the elegant little bed and swam away with it, leaving Tiny all alone on the green leaf where she sat and wept. How can it be that the mom toad can talk, but the son toad can't? I think he's just, um, simple. (sighs) I can't think of a better word. Or he's nervous. That's it. We'll go with that. Uh, She could not bear to think of living with the old toad and her ugly son for a husband. (laughs) The little fishes who swam about in the water beneath had seen the toad and heard what he said, so they lifted their heads above the water to look at the little maiden. 
As soon as they caught sight of her, they saw that she was very pretty, and made it made them very sorry to think that she must go and live with the ugly toads. She was very pretty, and therefore had value. <laughs> Wait, but are they also, are they saying that if the toad was an attractive toad? If he that, was a frog, yes, it would be fine. <laughs> so frogs are, are good-looking toads? Um, I mean, I'm basing this mostly off the princess and the frog and uh, Meet the Robinsons. Uh-huh. Uh, so yes, I would say that frogs are better looking than toads. They are smoother. Yeah, I think it's the smoothness and like they have better legs. <laughs> oh, this is cute. Uh, no, it must never be, the fish exclaimed. So they assembled together in the water around the green stalk which held the leaf on which the little maiden stood and gnawed away at the root with their teeth. Do fish have teeth? No. Some of well, that? Piranhas. Yeah, no, you're right. There are fish with teeth. <laughs> I, if for some reason, that's worse than anything else that we've said. It's just yeah. picturing fish with a full set of teeth. I was going to say, I don't like the idea of fish with teeth, but I know they do exist. <laughs> but, like, they don't they, wouldn't they eat her if they have teeth? You know? If they were piranhas, that seems like a definite possibility. Yeah, which is probably why they're helping her. Oh, God. I Not don't to be negative, but. <laughs> Google this thing, fish with <laughs> teeth. <laughs> oh, no, don't do it, Emily. You're going to regret that. You know what's scarier? That bird with teeth. Did you see that photo? Yes. Yeah. There's birds yeah. with teeth? Yes. It was very scary. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> um, yeah, carnivorous fish have teeth. Yeah, so they are going to, they're trying to eat her. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God. I just found, like, the worst picture. <laughs> uh, if you found it, you have to put it in the chat. No! <laughs> no, this is worse. No, I hate this. I hate this so much. I need to send this to all my friends. This is even worse than what I was picturing because this says, this article says, a horrifying fish with human-looking teeth. That's the worst part. Yeah. The Did bottom you guys- teeth Yeah. Are- they're they're like molars. Did you guys ever see Storks? The movie Storks. Yes. It's, uh, do, you, do you remember how the Storks had like human teeth? Yeah, it was on it was par with that original Sonic design. Yeah, um, nothing that yeah. isn't human should have human teeth. Yeah. Uh, so these fish with teeth. Um, so the leaf floated down the stream, carrying Tiny far away, out of reach of land, which arguably made the situation worse. But whatever. I mean, away from the frogs, but also... On one hand, no frogs. On the other hand, she's just Remy the ratting down this. Uh, So, uh, Tiny sailed past many towns, and the little birds in the bushes saw her and sang, What a lovely little creature! So the leaf swam away with her farther and farther till it brought her to other lands. Someone upstairs is just, like, throwing furniture around? Oh, do you have my upstairs neighbors? Apparently. I swear this man, like, practices shot put all day and then clogs all night. <laughs> he can't go to his usual clog gym, so he has to I do mean, it I live in Portland. That's probably a thing that we have. <laughs> a graceful little white butterfly uh, constantly fluttered round her and at last alighted on the leaf. Tiny pleased him and she was glad of it, for now the toad could not possibly reach her and the country through which she sailed was beautiful and the sun shone down upon the water till it glittered like liquid gold. That is some dirty water. (laughs) (laughs) A golden river. (laughs) Uh, No! (laughs) Wait, were we all thinking that, or is that just... Well, we are now. (laughs) (laughs) It's full of pee. (laughs) That's what they do in Denmark. 
She took off her girdle and tied one end of it round the butterfly, and the other end of the ribbon she fastened to the leaf, which now glided on much faster than ever, taking little tiny with it as she stood. Presently, a large cockchiffer, which is a big beetle. Did you have to look that up? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> I appreciate it. Good, good. I thought it was a bird, um, but it is a big brown <sighs> gross Jenny. beetle. Uh, the moment uh, he caught sight of her, he seized her round her delicate waist with his claws and flew her into a tree. The green leaf floated away on the brook, and the butterfly flew with it, for he was fastened to it and could not get away. Jeez. <laughs> what? Oh, how frightened little Tiny felt when the cockchafer flew with her to the tree. But especially she was sorry for the beautiful white butterfly which she had fastened to the leaf, for if he could not free himself, he would die of hunger. Oh! <gasps> Uh, this just got real dark. I don't think the butterfly gets mentioned again. <gasps> unless the butterfly is taking the place of the bird from the movie. I don't know. Or mm. I guess it would be the other way around. But Well, butterfly watch. <laughs> 2020. Uh, but the cockchafer did not trouble himself at all about the matter. He seated himself by her side on a large green leaf, a different green leaf, and gave her some honey from the flowers to eat, and told her that she was very pretty, though not in the least like a cockchafer. <laughs> Also, this this is as creepy as the Don Bluth film in terms of like everyone is just like just really like I don't know how what's the correct I'm way to sure say it, but everyone in that movie wanted to marry her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you would think like they're not humans, they're all animals, so they why do they all have the same conception of like what physical beauty is? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's pretty cute. I don't <laughs> I, I do have a thing for Jody Benson's voice, but I, true, I true, yeah. Factors. In. I guess we can recognize other animals as cute, so other animals can probably recognize us as cute. That's the dream. <laughs> oh, don't worry, don't worry. Um, after a time, all the cockchafers turned up their feelers and said, "She has only two legs. How ugly that looks! She has no I'm feelers." Saying. Said another. This is what Her I'm saying. Her waist is quite slim. <laughs> Sorry. Just gets worse. <laughs> oh, she is ugly, said all the lady cockchafers, although Tiny was very pretty. <laughs> Thanks, Hans Christian Anderson, for reminding us of this, just in case. Yeah, in the in the Don Bluth film, like there's a part where she's dancing for all the bugs and they all think she's uh, they find oh my out God, that she's right. They do like a Princess Leia thing with her. Yeah, and they yeah, and they like they find out that she's human and then they're they tell her she's ugly and then she gets really offended she's like really upset that some bugs called her ugly <laughs> it's, it's like an alice in wonderland when all the flowers were like oh god you're gross different species mm, so everyone was telling her that she's ugly <laughs> even though she's hot ah. then the cockchafer who had run away with her believed all the others when they said she was ugly and would have nothing more to say to her and told her she might go where she liked <sighs> Then he flew down with her from the tree and placed her on a daisy, and she wept at the thought that she was so ugly that even the cockchafers would have nothing to say to her. And all the while, she was really the loveliest creature that one could imagine, and as tender and delicate as God. a beautiful rose leaf. I love how he keeps reminding us of this, as if, like, if we thought she was ugly, we would stop caring. <laughs> I mean, this is the man who wrote The Ugly Duckling. I don't know what you want. Oh. <laughs> Uh, during the whole summer, poor little Tiny lived quite alone in the wide forest. She wove herself a bed with blades of grass and hung it up on a broad leaf to protect herself from the rain. She sucked the honey from the flowers for food and drank the dew from their leaves every morning. She's surprisingly, like, 
self-sufficient. Yeah, isn't she like a baby? <laughs> I don't know. It never specified. Like, they mentioned the walnut was a cradle, but also she has like the wherewithal to walk. Wait, wasn't she fully grown when she was... Well, at least, okay, again, I'm going off of my knowledge from the film, but it seems to be... The film seems really close to this version, except with, yeah, you know, more Gilbert Gottfried, she- but... Um, <laughs> She was, like, fully, like, a teenager when she was born, right? Yeah, I assume that she's, like, 14, 15. That's right. I guess she did, like, appear from a petal. She's a magic lady. Like, like so she probably, yeah. Maybe she came out as a full-grown adult. <laughs> I don't know how these plant people work. <laughs> uh, so passed away the summer and the autumn, and then came the winter, the long, cold winter. All the birds who had sung to her so sweetly were flown away, and the trees and flowers had withered. The large clover leaf under the shelter of which she had lived was now rolled together and shriveled up. Nothing remained but a yellow withered stalk. She felt dreadfully cold, for her clothes were torn, and she herself was so frail and delicate that poor little Tiny was nearly frozen to death. It began to snow, too, and the snowflakes, as they fell upon her, were like a whole shovelful falling upon one of us. For we are tall, but she was only an inch high. We have answers. <laughs> exactly <laughs> one inch. inch. Okay, that's pretty... One. She's very, very small. Tiny. Two, way smaller than a thumb. No, no, hold on, hold on. They said half a thumb. Oh, and half a thumb. Half a thumb, and I have a ruler and my own thumb. <laughs> and I'm it looking is about, at my thumb right now. I mean, now. <laughs> I'm just kind of eyeballing it. Yeah, that's about an inch. Yeah. Maybe a little bigger. Yeah, I mean, these are old-timey thumbs, so people were smaller. <laughs> People's thumbs were shorter in those days. Oh, yeah, I just measured my own thumb, too. Uh, from the <laughs> from the, the part where it bends to the, to the top, it's an inch. It's about an inch. Yeah. So, I mean, it checks out. He did his research. <laughs> he, he measured, he measured his, his thumb. His thumb. <laughs> also, this was... I don't know why they put inch in there. I mean, it would be centimeters because it's Europe. This is before the metric system, probably. Did the metric system? That's a different episode. (laughs) Then she wrapped herself up in a dry leaf, but it cracked in the middle and could not keep her warm, and she shivered with cold. Near the wood in which she had been living lay a cornfield, but the corn had been cut a long time. Nothing remained but the bare, dry stubble standing up out of the frozen ground. It was to her like struggling through a large wood. Oh, how she shivered with the cold. She came at last to the door of a field mouse who had a little den under the corn stubble. There dwelt the field mouse in warmth and comfort with a whole room full of corn, a kitchen, and a beautiful dining room. Ooh. It's a weirdly specific room to... Also, I'm jealous of this mouse's home. (laughs) (laughs) She has more rooms than I do. Poor little Tiny stood before the door just like a little beggar girl. Because she was. Whatever. And begged for a small piece of corn, for she had been without a morsel to eat for two days. Oh, you poor creature, said the field mouse, who was really a good old field mouse. Come into my warm room and dine with me. She was very pleased with Tiny, so she said, You are quite welcome to stay with me all winter if you like, but you must keep my rooms clean and neat and tell me stories, for I shall like to hear them very much. And Tiny did all the field mouse asked of her and found herself very comfortable. So that's indentured servitude, say, right? Despite like, the, you know, <clears throat> slavery, but okay. Uh, we shall have a visitor soon, said the field mouse one day. My neighbor pays me a visit once a week. He is better off than I am. He has large rooms and wears a beautiful black velvet coat. If you could only have him for a husband, you would be well provided for indeed. 
he is blind, so you must tell him some of your prettiest stories. Lucy, can you not right now, please? <laughs> Glad my cat's not the only one misbehaving. <laughs> All right, so her neighbor's blind and rich, and she, the mouse wants Thumbelina to marry him. Matchmaker, so. matchmaker. <laughs> Um, oh, here we go. But Tiny did not feel at all interested about this neighbor, for he was a mole. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a black velvet coat. He is a black velvet coat. Like, it's just his body. <laughs> it's being like, oh, Mr. Mime has nice pants. It's just his body. Look, let's, <laughs> let's not talk about Mr. Mime any more than we already have. <laughs> he's a very talented man, Sarah. Uh, however, he came and paid his visit dressed up in his black velvet coat. Dressed Is up. it dressed up? <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying um, is I'm team mole. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be for much longer. <laughs> he is very rich and learned, and his house is 20 times larger than mine, said the field mouse. Ooh. Probably because moles are 20 times bigger than field mice. <laughs> Uh, he was rich and learned, no doubt, but he always spoke slightly of the sun and pretty flowers because he had never seen them. Tiny was obliged to sing to him, and the mole fell in love with her because she had such a sweet voice. But he said nothing yet, for he was very cautious. A short time before, the mole had dung a long passage under the earth, which led from the dwelling of the field mouse to his own, and here she had permission to walk with Tiny whenever she liked. I don't... I hope he had, like, the proper permits for that. That seems... It's a lot of excavation. Just like Kool-Aid manning his way through the field mouse's dining room. Like, hey, neighbor. <laughs> he sounds great, though. Rich, blind. Uh, He's very smart. He's read a lot yeah. of books. Yeah. When I was little, well, I guess after I was little, but my grandpa was blind. So I just kind of thought of him <laughs> every time I watched the movie. I was like, Heck, Grant's nice, but like, I don't know. But he warned them not to be alarmed at the sight of a dead bird which lay in the passage <laughs> oh ignore that it was <laughs> don't mind the corpse uh it was a perfect bird with a beak and feathers that's good and could not have been dead long and was just lying there where the mole had made his passage the mole took a piece of phosphorant wood in his mouth and it glittered like fire in the dark and when he went before them to light them through the long dark passage that wasn't a sentence but i read it did did the mole kill the bird it does sound like it. I think the bird was just there. How did he get in the hole, though? <laughs> uh, that's a different story. Eh, long dark passage, phosphorant wood, lit the way. Ah, yes. When they came to the spot where the where lay the dead bird, the mole pushed his broad nose through the ceiling. The earth gave way so that there was a large hole, and the daylight shone into the passage. In the middle of the floor lay a dead swallow, his beautiful wings pulled close to his sides, and his feet and head drawn up under his feathers. The poor bird had evidently died of the cold. Are we just going to keep talking about this dead bird? Because it is really bugging me out. No, this sounds like a second dead bird. No. <laughs> is, do we have a second body? Is the mole a serial killer? <laughs> oh, that would explain why he's so charming. Oh, yeah. I mean, the I'm mole. assuming he's charming. I'm charmed by him. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> With his coat and his riches and his yeah. bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's, the, oh. he's the Ted Bundy of this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he actually does have a little uh, brown beetle. So, <laughs> uh, Tiny was very sad to see it. She did so love the little birds. All the summer they had sung and twittered for her so beautifully. But the mole pushed it aside with his crooked legs and said, 
He will sing no more now. How <gasps> miserable it must be to be born a little bird. I am thankful that none of my children will ever be birds, for they can do nothing but cry and always die of hunger in the winter. Oh, the mole's racist, guys. The mole's racist. <laughs> I mean, that proves that he killed the bird, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he killed the birds. Yes, you may very well say that as a clever man, exclaimed the little field mouse. What is the use of his twittering? For when winter comes, he must either starve or to be frozen to death. Still, birds are very high bred. So the mouse is a little racist, too. Or she's just, like, complicit. <laughs> Sounds like they're more classist than they are racist, but... Mm. Maybe the mouse is classist. The mole sounded pretty racist, Sarah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Tiny said nothing, but when the two others had turned their backs on the bird, she stooped down and stroked aside the soft feathers which covered the head and kissed the closed eyelids. Ugh. Birds don't have eyelids. Do they? Yeah, they do. No. Okay. Uh, do they? Yeah, I, I think know. so. Sorry, I need to Google this immediately. <laughs> do fish have teeth? Do birds have eyelids? Do moles have clothing? They do if they're rich enough. Birds do have upper and lower eyelids that can close up to protect their eyes and prevent them from drying out. Okay. I feel like there's one animal that doesn't have eyelids, but maybe it's fish. I think fish, yeah. Oh, it's, it's lizards, I think. There's some lizard that licks its own eyeball because it doesn't have eyelids. Oh, oh I have heard of this. I can't remember what kind. Like geckos, maybe? Or that chameleons? sounds about right. Something like that. <laughs> so she's kissing the dead bird. Uh, perhaps this is the one who sang to me so sweetly in the summer, she said, and how much pleasure it gave me, you dear pretty bird. The mole now stopped up the hole through which the daylight had shone and then accompanied the lady home. But during the night, Tiny could not sleep, so she got out of bed and wove a large, beautiful carpet of hay. Then she carried it to the dead bird and spread it over him with some down from the flowers which she had found in the field mouse's room. It was as soft as wool, and she spread some of it on each side of the bird so that he might lie warmly in the cold earth. He is dead. Also, don't dead birds have a lot of like disease and stuff? Like, I think birds just have disease. The dead is just irrelevant. Fair. I mean, mice probably have a lot of diseases. You know? Everyone in this book has diseases. <laughs> it's the 1800s. <laughs> uh, farewell, you pretty bird, she said. Thank you for your delightful singing during the summer when all the trees were green and the warm sun shone upon us. She knows there's like millions of birds, right? She is an inch tall. <laughs> She is barely educated, I assume. <laughs> then she laid her head upon the bird's breast, but she was alarmed immediately, for it seemed as if something inside the bird went thump. <gasps> Twist. It was the bird's heart. He was not really dead, only benumbed with the cold, and the warmth had restored him to life. In autumn, all the swallows fly away to warm countries, but if one happens to linger, the cold seizes it. It becomes frozen and falls down as if dead. It remains where it fell, and the cold snow covers it. I don't know enough about birds to know <laughs> if can't this is right. <laughs> any of this. Uh, Tiny trembled very much. She was quite frightened, for the bird was large, a great deal larger than herself. She was only an inch high. We know. <laughs> we he says it again. <laughs> we get yeah, it. I mean, She's little. He he didn't specify an actual height until like page four, and now he's reminding us again on page six. <laughs> Everyone, take out your rulers and measure your thumbs. <laughs> Large and shop. But she took courage, laid the wool more thickly hmm, over the poor swallow, and then took a leaf which she had used for her own counterpane and laid it upon the head of the bird. The next morning she again stole out to see him. He was alive but very weak. He could only open his eyes for a moment to look at Tiny, who stood holding a piece of decayed wood in her hand, for she had no other lantern. 
This bird was French in the film, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jacquemo. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was... I I assume there will be little judgment here, but uh, that bird was very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many attractive animals in animated movies. I'm, I don't know why I keep, like, insisting on that and on, like, every podcast I'm on. Like, I don't need <laughs> to keep saying that. I can keep it to myself, but... <laughs> we were watching the new Lion King, and I looked up at one point and was like, oh, good, Simba's still hot. And so I was just... <laughs> stared at me like this human man that I have lived with. <laughs> uh, thank you, pretty little maiden, said the swallow. <laughs> I have been so nicely warmed that I shall soon regain my strength and be able to fly out again in the warm sunshine. Oh, sh- said she, it is cold out of doors now. It snows and freezes. Stay in your warm bed and I will take care of you. Then she brought the swallow some water and a flower leaf, and after he drank, he told her that he had wounded one of his wings in a thorn bush and could not fly as fast as the others, who were soon far away on their journey to warm countries. Then at last he had fallen to the earth and could remember no more, nor how he came to be where she had found him. Yeah, I think the mole was just like, ooh. So, yeah, I think he might be less of a Ted Bundy and more of an Ed Gein. Oh, yeah. He's going to make a suit out of that bird. <laughs> well, where did he get that black velvet coat? <gasps> where does velvet come from? Like hamsters? <laughs> no, I think it's... I mean, I, I'm not sure what it is made out of specifically. I feel like bunnies might be involved in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole winter, the swallow remained underground and Tiny nursed him with care and love. Is she going to fuck this swallow? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, neither the mole nor the field mouse knew anything about it, for they did not like swallows. <laughs> we get it. They're racist. Oh. Man, this guy, this Hans Christian guy, he, he, he really He's likes to repeat himself. <laughs> well, he hasn't mentioned how she's hot in a while, so. I also like, how tall is she? I don't know that he said how tall she is. About half thumb. <laughs> and remind me again, is she pretty or is she ugly? She's fine. Um, Very soon the springtime came and the sun warmed the earth. Then the swallow bade farewell to Tiny, and she opened the hole in the ceiling which the mole had made. The The sun shone in upon them so beautifully that the swallow asked her if she would go with him. She could sit on his back, he said, and he would fly away with her into the green woods. But Tiny knew it would make the field mouse very grieved if she left in that manner. So she said, no, I cannot. Farewell, then. Farewell, you good, pretty little maiden, said the swallow. Oh, there we go. And he flew out Jeez. into the sunshine. Also, what what does she owe the field mouse? <laughs> I mean, she did. I get the room and board, her. but like. <laughs> implying that she owes the field mouse a debt and that's why she can't leave? <laughs> no, that's What's what I was currency? saying. I was like, that's not really like. She doesn't owe her anything. It's Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Tiny looked after him, and the tears rose in her eyes. She was very fond of the poor swallow. Tweet, tweet, sang the bird <laughs> as he flew out like into the green mare. woods. <laughs> and Tiny felt very sad. She was not allowed to go out into the warm sunshine. The corn which had been sown in the field over the house of the field mouse had grown up very high into the air and formed a thick wood to Tiny, who was only an inch in height. We know. <laughs> The whole point of the story. Like a page and a half left. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely a mini. It's a very small (laughs) episode. 
It's about an inch long. <laughs> By the uh, way, can I just say that I recently rewatched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and so this is very <laughs> similar. <laughs> it's basically the same yeah. movie. Yeah. Ah, you are going to be married, Tiny, said the field mouse. My neighbor has asked for you. What a good fortune for a poor child like you. Now we will prepare your wedding clothes. They must be both woolen and linen. Like a religious thing? Nothing must be wanting when you are the mole's wife. Tiny had to turn the spindle, and the field mouse hired four spiders who were to weave day and night. What are they paying them in? Every evening, the mole visited her and was continually speaking of the time when the summer would be over. Oh, my God. Then he would keep his wedding day with Tiny. <laughs> but now the heat of the sun was so great that it burned the earth and made it quite hard like a stone. As soon as the summer was over, the wedding should take place. A fall wedding. That's nice. Uh, but Tiny was not at all pleased, for she did not like the tiresome mole. <laughs> I think they implied that she wasn't interested in him on account of his being a mole. <laughs> but like Wait, he was the first fine. time they've said that she doesn't like him at all. Every morning when the sun rose and every evening when it went down, she would creep out the door. And, <laughs> and as the wind blew aside the ears of corn so that she could see the blue sky, she thought, uh, she thought how beautiful and bright it seemed out there and wished so much to see her dear swallow again. To say nothing of her mother. I mean, that lady just disappeared from the story. Has it occurred to her to leave? Um, no. Just, uh, but he just leave. <laughs> uh, but he never returned, for by this time he had flown far away into the lovely green forest. <laughs> when autumn arrived, Tiny had her outfit quite ready, and the f- she has been gone for over a year. Uh, quite ready, and the field mouse said to her, "In four weeks, the wedding must take place." Then Tiny wept and said she would not marry the disagreeable mole. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, how far can she get? Yeah, I have to assume she's like, well, she did float down that stream for a long time. But like, how's her mom going to look for her? Do you think that her mom has looked for her at all? Because like, she's probably like two steps away from the house. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think her mom was Rick Moranis. (laughs) That's true. He would get the job done. I mean, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, they had that little contraption and they had magnifying glasses. They found them like the next day. They tried real hard. Yeah, Rick Moranis, if he was in this book, or I almost said movie, yeah, he would have found his daughter. And he did, I think, for three sequels. <laughs> I think in one, his daughter found him. I think really? Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves was like the third one. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And then you have to do the, the Disney tie-in with the Honey, We Shrunk <laughs> the Audience. Yes. All I remember about these movies is the giant ants and the oatmeal cream pie. Yeah, the oatmeal cream pie. I don't even like those in real life, but... Wait, you don't? No. What's wrong with you? (laughs) There's better Lil' Debbie snacks. Disagreeable mole. Okay. Nonsense, replied the field mouse. Now don't be obstinate or I shall bite you with my white teeth. Jesus Christ. He is a very handsome mole. The queen herself does not wear more beautiful velvets and furs. Who is the queen? Huh. (laughs) Is the queen a mole? The mole queen. (laughs) Uh, His kitchen and cellars are quite full. You ought to be very thankful for such good fortune. So the wedding day was fixed, uh, fixed, on which the mole was to fetch Tiny away to live with him deep under the earth and never again to see the warm sun because he did not like it. Someone going to give her a pomegranate at some point in the story? Like... (laughs) Uh, The poor child is very unhappy at the thought of saying farewell to the beautiful sun, and as the field mouse had given her permission to stand at the door when she 
stand at the door, she went to look at it once more. Farewell, bright sun, she cried. Just leave. <laughs> Just leave. It's Copenhagen syndrome. <laughs> uh, farewell, bright sun, she cried, stretching her arms towards it. And then she walked a short distance from the house, for the corn had been cut and only the dry stubble remained in the fields. Farewell, farewell, she repeated, uh, twining her arm around a little red flower that grew just by her side. Greet the little swallow for me, and <clears throat> greet the little swallow for me, should you see him again. Tweet, tweet, sounded over her head suddenly. It's a the same one, I'm guessing. <laughs> or, I mean, she thinks all swallows look the same, so it could be a different one. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> look at who she's been living with. Uh, she looked up, and there was the swallow himself flying close by. As soon as he spied Tiny, he was delighted, and she told him how unwilling she felt to marry the ugly mole and to live away beneath the earth. That's valid. And never see the bright sun anymore. As she told him, she wept. Cold winter is coming, as opposed to warm winter, uh, said the swallow, and I am going to fly away into warmer countries. Will you go with me? You can sit on my back and fasten yourself with your sash, and then we can fly away from the ugly mole in his gloomy rooms. Far away over the mountains into warmer countries, where the sun shines more brightly than here, where it will always be summer and the flowers bloom in greater beauty. Fly now with me, dear little tiny. You saved my life when I lay frozen in that dark passage. Ah, yes, I will go with you, said tiny, and she seated herself on the bird's back with her feet on his outstretched wings and tied her girdle to one of his strongest feathers. Could have done that a year ago. <laughs> then the swallow rose in the air and flew over the forest and over sea, high above the highest mountains covered with eternal snow. Tiny would have been frozen in the cold air, but she crept under the bird's warm feathers, keeping her little head uncovered so that she might admire the beautiful lands over which they passed. At length they reached the warm countries where the sun shines brightly and the sky seems so much higher above the earth. California. <laughs> <laughs> From Denmark? Yes. Sure. <laughs> that sounds like the migratory pattern of a swallow. Yeah, it, it also works if you just have that Phantom Planet song playing in your head as I read this. <laughs> California. <laughs> um, here on the hedges and by the wayside grew purple, green, and white grapes. Lemons and oranges hung from trees in the woods, and the air was fragrant with, fragrant with myrtles and orange blossoms. Judging by the amount of citrus... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that sounds like, I mean, grapes, you've got Napa. She's in know, wine country. Oranges. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like California. Uh, beautiful children, okay, ran along the country <laughs> lanes playing with large gay butterflies. And as the swallow... Yeah, that sounds like California. <laughs> oh, it's definitely California. <laughs> beautiful children and gay butterflies. <laughs> it's true. As the swallow flew farther and farther, every place appeared still more lovely. At last they came to a blue lake, and by the side of it, shaded by trees of the deepest green, stood a palace of dazzling white marble built in the olden times. It's a pretty fucking olden times. <laughs> Vines clustered round its lofty pillars, and at the top there were many swallows' nests, and one of these was the home of the swallow who carried Tiny. Maybe they're in Greece. Ooh. I was going to guess, like, Italy. Maybe. Like, southern Italy. I mean, the tip of the boot. Technically, probably. But it's so much more fun. Uh, this is my house, said the swallow, but it would not do for you to live here. You would not be comfortable. You must choose for yourself one of the lovely flowers, and I will put you down upon it, and then you shall have everything that you can wish to make you happy. That will be delightful, she said, and clapped her little hands for joy. Now shit's about to take a real hard left turn. 
A large marble pillar lay on the ground, which, in falling, had been broken into three pieces. Between these pieces grew the most beautiful, large, white flowers, so the swallow flew down with Tiny and placed her on one of the broad leaves. But how surprised she was to see in the middle of the flower a tiny man as white and transparent <gasps> as if he had been made of crystal. <laughs> Wait, so he's tiny and a ghost? <laughs> He had a gold crown on his head and delicate wings at his shoulders, and was not much larger than Tiny herself. About an inch and a half. I was going to say, uh, how tall is <laughs> He was the angel of the flower, for a tiny man and a tiny woman dwell in every flower. Oh, God, that's so Really? Scary. And he was the king of them all. <laughs> oh, how beautiful he is, whispered Tiny to the swallow. <laughs> the little prince was at first quite frightened at the bird, who was like a giant compared to compared to such a delicate little creature as himself. But when he saw Tiny, he was delighted and thought her to be the prettiest little maiden he had ever seen. Of course. He took the golden crown from his head and placed it on hers and asked her name. <laughs> Seems like order should be reversed. Uh, <laughs> and if she would be his wife and queen over all the flowers. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It has been 13 seconds. <laughs> This certainly was a very different sort of husband to the son of a toad or the mole with my <laughs> with black velvet and fur. So she said yes to the handsome prince. Then all the flowers opened and out of each came a little lady or a tiny lord. Oh, also God, pretty. What? It was quite a pleasure to look at them. Each of them. I have not been looking closely <laughs> enough at the flowers. Each of them brought Tiny a present. But the best gift was a pair of beautiful wings, which had belonged to a large white fly. And they fastened them to Tiny's shoulder so that she might fly from flower to flower. Oh, my God. That's not how wings work. <laughs> then there was much rejoicing, and the little swallow who sat above them in his nest was asked to sing a wedding song, which he did very well as he could. But in his heart, he felt sad, for he was very fond of Tiny and would have liked never to be apart from her again. You can visit, my dude. That's not what he wants. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> You must not be. Everyone in this story is horny for Thumbelina. <laughs> you must not be called Tiny anymore, said the spirit of the flowers to her. It is an ugly name, and you are so very pretty. We will call you Maya. What? What? <laughs> Farewell, said the swallow with a heavy heart as he left the warm countries to fly back to Denmark. There he had a nest over the window of a house in which dwelt the writer of fairy tales. Nice self-insert, you asshole. Wait, what? Wow. This is like an M. Night Shyamalan type <laughs> the thing. The swallow sang tweet tweet, and from his song came the whole story. The end. Wow. Uh, so I'd say the film follows it wow. pretty closely. Um. Yeah, yeah. D like Cornelius the human is in the film from the very beginning. I was going to say, I, does it have the meta like fourth wall breaking? No. And this is how the author I don't I don't the story. think so. Um, but they did I, introduce the concept of flower people like early, early on. So there was something uh, okay. like they didn't just break it out in the end. <laughs> like it was Lady in the Water. Like, oh, guess what? Woo! <sighs> this reeks of a first draft. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that is the tale of Thumbelina. <laughs> I mean, it was written by a bird. What do you expect? <laughs> a French <Yeah>. bird. <laughs> if I remember, he was wearing like a nice like Harlequin patterned. Hold on, Sarah. You need to see this bird. <laughs> Good. I'll show it to my cat. 
I don't know how to spell this bird's name. Oh, um, J, um, uh, there's like a Q in yeah, there. Yeah, J A C Q U I M O. What's this French bird doing in Denmark? Uh, having a lovely singing voice, singing the best song in the film. Honestly, there's a song in the film that I like more than any of the other songs, and it's actually Deary Marry the Mole, where the field mouse sings cute. about how Thumbelina should marry the mole, and it actually won a Razzie for worst song. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> but it's a very memorable song. Um, I liked the song that the frogs sing, but I also had a thing for Charo when I was a little kid. Mm, mm-hmm. That would make sense. Um, let's see. Weirdly, there are not a lot of like really good pictures of this bird, but I feel like this is a, a pretty decent one. Oh, that's yeah. a good looking bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got a jaunty little cap with a feather in it. That... <laughs> and shoes. <laughs> and as you'll note, Thumbelina is very pretty. <laughs> um, but the bird also reminds me a lot of the jester from uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's exactly what I was about to say. He's got the same kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Also in the film, there's definitely a discrepancy in size throughout because like she's never the same size. Like here, she's like the exact same size as the bird, which is much bigger than an inch. But when she's born, you know, like it changes throughout the film. Like she's like tiny, like in a little flower. And then she's the size of the bird and it's never They use the same scaling process as they did when they made cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbelina oh. is as big as you need her to be. Yeah. Yeah. In any given scene. Mr. Mistopheles is as big as he wants to be. Uh, speaking of handsome characters, I definitely forgot to mention uh, Rockadoodle, Chanticleer. Oh, uh-huh. Yep. uh-huh. Yep. And yeah. the, the ladybird from that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Also, I just watched Aristocats recently. <laughs> and Classic. Yeah, the, that's, the cats in uh-huh. that are very attractive. Yeah, I... Uh, that one I feel weird about, I think because I own cats or have mm-hmm. them. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, Thomas O'Malley is a looker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I just watched a goofy movie and I was like, yeah, I can see Roxanne's appeal. I can definitely see power lines. This episode has taken a weird turn. <laughs> well, it's not my fault we had flower. It is my fault I did pick the story, but. This is what happens when you let me be in charge of minis. Um, this is what happens when you have me as a guest and start talking about attractive <laughs> animated characters. See, this is why you were the perfect fit. Uh, so thank you for coming. Uh, oh, thank you. This yes, is so much fun. I, it's delightful as always. Well, um, Sarah, where, where can we find you? Are you doing anything fun? Oh, I am doing nothing. But, uh, you know, still got the podcasts. <laughs> So we're doing all our remote recordings too. So, you know, the percasts with three R's, uh, you know, check that out if you want to hear me and Steven talk about cats. And we actually, yeah, we did just do, it'll be out by the time this is out. We just did an Aristocats commentary episode. Isn't it fun so. to do commentaries on films you it had is. nothing to do with? <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Uh, yeah, and check out The Bluth, The Whole Bluth and Nothing But The Bluth, which is a podcast I do with Dax Schaefer, where we talk about mostly Don Bluth animated films, but also a bunch of other animated films that have attractive characters in them. Like cats don't <laughs> but I'm dance. usually the only one talking about that. <laughs> um, yeah, we did our, our Thumbelina episode of few months ago who can even remember what month it is but uh 
yes, there's that. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Iyer if you want to see all my cat pictures. And Twitter at Sarah and Julie Iyer if you want to just, I don't know. It's I'm bored and I'm tweeting a lot. So <laughs> don't follow me, but I'm there. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, on. thank you. And uh, when you do finally break down and get Animal Crossing, oh, we are yes. here for you. Well, I'm here for you. I, I need it. <laughs> For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.